The Start On Demand. On demand. in the hospital for five weeks thanks to COVID-19, but he's doing much better now thanks to the great staff at St. Boniface Hospital. And today, indeed, is the St. Boniface Hospital Foundation Radiothon of Hope and Healing. So we spoke to him and to the ICU nurse who took such great care of him. Also today, we learned the origin of the humbug sign on Route 90. We spoke to the man who built it with his dad. We also spoke to his daughter. It's Black Friday, and since things are different this year, we spoke to a couple of big Winnipeg retailers, Advance Electronics and PNP Games. And speaking of shopping, I spent a lot of money on something on Thursday night, and I feel really guilty about it. So we asked you the question, what are your impulse buys? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. Loren's back from vacation next week, by the way. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, November 27th podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back next week. Thank you very much for joining us on this Friday. And Fridays are always special because they're Fridays. But today is an extra special Friday here at 680 CJOB because today is the day the 2020 St. Boniface Hospital Foundation Radiothon of Hope and Healing Vicar Goes Virtual presented by the Vicar Automotive Group on 680 CJOB. And uh, Greg, I know you have been heavily involved with the uh, all of our hospitals over the last several years, in particular the St. Boniface Hospital. Yeah, St. Boniface Hospital Foundation, incredibly important in my life. Uh, for nine years, co-hosted the Health Report here on 680 CJOB, highlighting the incredible Uh, Research going on campus at St. Boniface Hospital, uh, patient care, some of the innovations in patient care and the way St. Boniface Hospital goes about that. And of course, uh, what really started my relationship with St. Boniface Hospital was July 30th. 2006, when my twin boys were born and spent the first month of their lives in the NICU, a part of the hospital, Brett, I had never, ever heard of until I was standing right in the middle of it. And the head nurse, Sue McMahon, is telling me about what life is going to be in that part of the hospital for the next month. And I gave my head a shake. And that was the moment when I realized that my babies weren't coming home with me in two, three, or four, or five days because things happen so quickly. And the care that Alexander and Brendan received in the NICU is something I will always be grateful. About 600 babies per year go through the NICU, some of them as small as a pound of butter, and they come out the other side and they survive and they thrive. It's uh, the work that's done there. You can't say enough about it. The people that run the NICU, that make it run, the doctors, the nurses, the support staff, the volunteers, the people who make clothes and donate clothes for the babies in the NICU, the list goes on and on. So today is a day when we celebrate uh, not only that part of the hospital and uh, just the work that's done on campus at St. Boniface Hospital, but uh, the research and uh, every aspect of healthcare uh, at St. P. So we will have stories of hope and healing to share 
all day long here on 680 CJOB. The Radiothon official hours are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., but you can go to stbhf.ca slash donate to make a donation. You can also call 204-237-7647. That's 237-7647. And again, the the official hours on 680 CJOB, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Also going to be on our sibling stations, Power 97 and Peggy at 99.1 from noon until 6 p.m. And we'll have much more on this throughout the day. Just add one more quick footnote. Over its 11-year history, the Radiothon has raised over $1.2 million for patient care and research at St. Boniface Hospital. So lots to discuss on that throughout the day. And lots to discuss as well today, Greg, on Black Friday. Black Friday. I was never familiar with the concept of Black Friday. I moved to Calgary in November of 1999. That was the second time moving uh, to Calgary. And I decided to drive through. My mom used to live in Boisevain. So I went for a couple day visit uh, to see my mom on the way to Calgary. And I decided to drive through the northern United States. And I'd never done that before. Thought I'd give uh, that a try, and I happened to be traveling on Black Friday and got to Bismarck, North Dakota, or my not one of those two cities, and tuning into the local radio station. They're talking about this Black Friday madness at the shopping malls. So that was, what, 21, 22 years ago, and that was my first exposure to it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's obviously a huge thing in Canada now. Lots of people used to book holidays. I knew people that would go down to Grand Forks or Fargo for Black Friday. Obviously, this year, everything, like the radio thought of hope and healing, everything is virtual now. Everything is different. But it doesn't mean Black Friday is not a big thing. And today, we're going to really try and help you focus. If you are hyper focused and want to spend your money locally, we're going to do the best we can to help you do that, Brett. And I'm sort of a walking billboard today as I as I think about even just what I'm wearing. I have a, a hat from local entrepreneur uh, Volk Sports. Vogue Sportswear, pardon me. Uh, I am wearing a Winnipeg Blue Bombers sweater. I know the Bombers are, by the way, they've got a Black Friday sale at bomberstore.com. Uh, I've got a belt and my mitts were made by a local company called Earth and Hide, which uh, we were introduced to through Third and Bird. We actually spoke to Chuck from Earth and Hide on our radio station. Right. My boots were purchased. I've got Blundstone boots, which come from Tasmania. You can get them uh, in lots of places. But I bought them from a place called The Shoe Doctor in Wolseley, a neat little shop. My bag is from Zwicke. We've spoken to them a number of times. They've got a Black Friday sale that I know of. I've got uh, my even my mask is from the Peg Authentic. And uh, my socks, I think I bought them at... Uh, hang on a second. Let me what put socks today. Yeah, I bought these... Uh, Come on. At the Pine Ridge Hollow. You're head to toe, buddy. Yeah. And then you stepped it up another notch. Yeah. Uh, it's Christmas uh, uh, present. Well, it's not exchange day because you surprised me with a gift today. It's absolutely fantastic. Do you mind if I describe it really quick? Yeah, go ahead. It is a canvas piece of art, and it's, uh, it depicts the old Winnipeg Stadium in its heyday, and it's and it's absolutely brilliant in its simplicity, and it's got a, a old Winnipeg Blue Bombers logo, the one with the lightning bolt on it, and I just take a look at this, Brett, and I was instantly transformed to so many, I, dozens and dozens, if not, you know, two, 200 or more Blue Bomber games in my lifetime at that old stadium, and uh, just absolutely 
This is a perfect gift. I can't thank you enough for it. Can you tell me who made this? Because this is a local artist, right? It's done with spray paint? Yeah, the, the name of the uh, Instagram account is RB Spray Art. And uh, Instagram is actually a really wonderful spot if you're looking for local gift ideas. Uh, you... Third, well, a good place to start, I think, is Third and Bird. But uh, I can't remember how I stumbled upon RB Spray Art, but I saw that painting, and he had some Winnipeg Jets-inspired paintings, and I thought, I gotta, I think that's something that could go well in Greg's uh, sports cave, so to speak. So I'm glad you like it. I don't like it. I love it. It's beautiful, <laughs> Brett. No, seriously, and it's so thoughtful. Uh, it, it just... Uh, I can't express uh, really how <laughs> I felt. Hopefully, you couldn't see the look on my face. All you could do is see my eyes. And I just uh, very, very uh, overwhelmed by the thoughtfulness of the gift. Uh, you always uh, bring me appropriate things. It's uh, it's a testament to how our friendship's grown over the years, buddy. And uh, just thank you very much. A very, very wonderful gift. You're welcome, Greg. And Merry Christmas to you, sir. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back next week since it is Black Friday. We've got some great local gift ideas. 837, we're going to talk to PNP Games. We're hoping to speak to Advance Electronics. They've got a nifty new website. But we want to talk right now about stupid shopping. You know, the, the purchases that you make that either leave you completely racked with guilt or maybe just a foolish impulse buy, and you can text us at 204-780-6868. Share your stories for a chance to win a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza, but this is inspired by a purchase I made yesterday. I've actually been in the market now for oh, a year and a half, I think, to just to buy a new golf bag. I mean, it doesn't matter what the, the purchase is, but in this case, it was a golf bag, and I research and over-research, and finally, I stumbled upon this uh, this bag yesterday, the nicest golf bag I've ever seen, and uh, looked at the price tag, saw 385 USD, and without thinking, I just bought it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean without thinking? I finally, because I think I've just been sitting on this idea for so long that I saw something I liked and I said, that's the one, that's it, purchase. What? But when it, then then I started to think, oh, this is 385 USD and I added $30 personalization and you got to pay for shipping and oh, there's going to be duty. Don't forget the conversion. And I started doing the math and I had a panic attack. As I always, anytime I buy anything expensive, I'm always racked with guilt. I go, did I really need to buy that uh Spend that much money. So I feel stupid today, but I am hopeful that it was a wise decision. But let's go around the horn here, see if you guys have any similar experiences. we got Jeff Forte, Jeff Braun, Kelly Moore. Jeff Forte, let's start with you. Well, besides me buying my piano, which I only know one song and spent $500 on, uh, that that was impulse. It wasn't really impulse. I was thinking about buying it and I went to the music store and I even said like I'm not purchasing I'm just you know looking at prices and then all of a sudden you know I talked myself into it and I left with a $500 piano but it's also you know when you go to um, the Canadian Tire you know I went in there to buy a mop bucket and a mop and you know obviously oh look at these little lights that I can use for under my countertops and not my countertops my uh, cabinets in my kitchen so I buy them they take triple a batteries and the batteries die out so fast now i don't use those but it's just you know you, you see something and you're like oh i want that and you just go and buy it and you don't need it <laughs> yep. i'm terrible that kind of stuff 
Well, that's, and this is what I try to tell myself. Sometimes you just got to treat yourself, right? We all work hard, and sometimes you got to enjoy the fruits of your labor and treat yourself. Jeff Braun, what about you? Uh, For me, it's nothing really big, but it's a lot of little things that add up to quite a bit of money. Uh, Like I suspect is the case with you, Brett, my DVD and Blu-ray shelves are littered with movies that I don't even like anymore or a bunch of ones that I've never even taken out of the plastic. Just glancing over this morning, I saw A Good Day to Die Hard, Midnight in Paris, Shortcuts, La Dolce Vita. Never seen those those movies on those discs before, and I've had each of those for years and years and years. And I, I don't want to do the math on how much money altogether I've spent on movies that I just won't watch again or haven't watched since I bought them, but uh, it is not insignificant. It's it's a little more than a little depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I've done I've done the same thing with movies. What's that? Buying movies or like like I have two versions of Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean three. two versions? <laughs> Well, like I did, two different I, formats? No, they're both Blu-rays. I just forgot that I had it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Joe. That's great. Kelly Moore, what about you? I feel like an outsider in this conversation because uh, I often describe myself as financially prudent. My mm-hmm. wife says, no, you're just cheap. Uh, but my my big downfall uh, I don't know if it quite equates to a $400 U.S. golf bag hit, man, but uh, I have to control myself when I go grocery shopping because I'm a sucker for, oh, you know what? That's a great deal. I think we'll get that. <laughs> you know, and, then I, and then I get home, and we have 10 of them. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and the other thing, too, is uh, when we go clothes shopping for our grandkids, holy smokes, my wife goes, what happened to the guy who won't spend a nickel? And I've got an armload of, hey, look at this. You think the girls are like this? You know, so yeah, I I guess online shopping has been a, a good thing for me because I don't online shop. And uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll be able to get back to financial prudence. That speaks to your character, though, Kelly, because the fact that you won't spend money on yourself, but you get excited to spend money on your grandkids. You're, you're a big yeah. softy. Kelly's uh, such a nice guy. Greg, what about you? I have uh, 12 totes of regret in my basement. <laughs> everything from t-shirts whether they be concert t-shirts or uh, sporting events sports teams that i don't even like nor support i have record albums although you know the record albums are great to have but i haven't played any of them for about 25 years i could go on and on and on but the most dangerous purchase that i almost made was only prevented by my poor credit rating at the time I was in Steinbach with a buddy of mine, and I thought I'm going to buy a Toyota 4Runner. I like those. So you can take the you can take the roof off. And I'm a convertible guy. Filled out the credit application, and about 45 minutes later, the guy said, "I called every place in town. Nobody will give you the money." <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back on Monday. For me, the Christmas starter gun 
is that humbug sign that goes up on Route 90 on that apartment block. And earlier this week, it was either late last week or early this week, we got a couple of pictures from listener Denny, who spotted the humbug sign and got up. He was excited. He said, the humbug sign is here. And uh, that got us excited. And so we put it on our 680 CJOB Instagram. We would love for you to follow us there. And one person commented on that and explained that it was her dad who had a hand in building it, Greg. So joining us now on the line are the father and daughter in question, Sid Farmer. Good morning, Sid. Good morning. And Kim Kaufman. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. So before we get to your dad and how the sign came to be, when you saw that picture on Instagram, what was your reaction? Well, I thought that's my grandfather's sign, and uh, there was a lot of different comments from people sharing their memories of the sign and how it brings them joy, and I thought it does the same thing for me. It reminds me of my dad and my granddad. And Sid, you and your dad built this sign, this decoration. Why humbug? Do you guys hate Christmas? No, not not at all. That was the uh, my dad always wanted something different. There were so many uh, ho 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 signs out there. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and he just wanted something different. But he was the exact opposite of humbug. He was just loved Christmas, loved his grandkids, loved the tree and the mince tarts and all of his fun things. Well, Sid, uh, those uh, apartment buildings in that neighborhood, the Kiltartan pardon me, towers and uh, those buildings along Route 90 have sort of a long history of decorating their balconies with lights. So was this just something in order to, to stand out a little bit? No, he just, uh, well, I, I guess so. He just wanted something that everybody could see. He actually, uh, the sign actually went up in 74 in the middle block on Queen Street. And then he moved about five years later to the north block on Queen Street. And every year, up until 2002, my mom and dad would go out there and uh, with cold or raining, whatever, and put it all out, wire it to the balcony, and then light it up so everybody could see. Usually in um, late November, they put it up. Kind of a family tradition. So who is the keeper of the sign now? Well, my dad uh, got uh, had to go to nursing home in 2002, so... I was able. I was the one that had to empty a suite and stuff. And in the process of doing so, the caretaker came down to help me and asked if he could have the sign. And I said, you know what, why not? This is, uh, nobody's going to see it from my backyard or my front yard, but millions of people can see it from Route 90. So I left it, left it with a caretaker. Now, that was in 2002, and I'm not sure if the same, same caretaker is still there or not, but whoever it is puts it up every year, and my dad would be very happy that he's doing so. So it's a great thing. Kim, what an incredible legacy this is, not only for your dad, but for your grandfather. All I can say is, wow. Yeah, it, it's pretty neat. And uh, I do feel the need to explain people, explain to people why he hung the sign and that he actually was a lover of Christmas. Um, because I don't want people to think that uh, that we aren't a loving, caring family and uh, <laughs> and, and we really enjoy the Christmas traditions. <laughs> well, and that's... Absolutely. That, go ahead, Sid, sorry. No, no, absolutely. absolutely 100% correct. Yeah, because whenever I... I think when I first saw it, Kim, I, I wondered, like, oh, is that like is this person actually anti-Christmas or is this just a sense of humor? Um, it, so it, it is kind of funny that the word humbug, which of course is synonymous with Scrooge and being grumpy about Christmas, actually is something that, that brightens up the day for so many Winnipeggers and Manitobans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very true. So many, so many of my friends compliment uh, uh, or comment. Oh, the sign went up again. Is that your dad? You know, it just it has a long, long history. Well, uh, speaking of dads, my dad uh, 
loves that sign himself. My dad, I think, is a little on the fence about Christmas, so it speaks to him in two ways. Uh, but I, I, 1974, I was going to say, I remember that sign for as long as I can remember back. So that makes sense that it's been there that long. Sid, do you ever wish that maybe you'd kept the sign? Uh, no, not not really. I mean, I have about, you know, almost 2,000 lights in my backyard, so I've done my own thing, but that humbug thing was, you know, on Route 90, it was my dad's, and yeah, you know, a few people can see it from my yard, but, but millions of people that go up and down Route 90 can see it every day and help them celebrate the meaning of Christmas and, and have something to look forward to. Kim, do you have any decorations, maybe a small decoration that says humbug, sort of in honour of your grandfather? I don't, but in honour of my, my dad and my grandfather as well, we're starting to decorate our backyard. Oh, would you say starting? Like, is it some? Is this a new thing for you? Well, yeah. Year after year, we get more and more lights from my dad um, to help decorate <laughs> our yard, <laughs> and we just moved, so we have a much larger yard now that requires a lot more lights. So. Well, thanks for this creation. Thanks for sharing the story behind it. Wow. Absolutely fantastic. That's twice for wow now, Brett. I apologize. But this is just one of those Winnipeg traditions that is clearly uh, embraced by so many people. So uh, thanks for sharing this with us this morning. It means a lot. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, Kim Coffin. Somebody happy. Well, hey, thank you so much, uh, Sid, for, for taking a couple of minutes to talk to us because I've always wondered, where, is, where did that sign come from? And we've heard urban legends that whoever moves into that suite has to, has to take the sign. Yeah. Uh, You've you, you got to wonder where this stuff comes from. So this is really cool what uh, your dad and, and you created for, for all of us to enjoy. So thank you. You're more than welcome. Have a wonderful holiday, and, and thanks to all you guys do. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back on Monday. Question of the day at cjob.com. Brought to you by Credit Aid. Helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca. Call 204-987-6890. The question is, if you're doing some Black Friday shopping today, where are you spending your money? Local businesses? Wherever I get the best deal, cast your vote cjob.com. We've also thrown it up on Twitter at 680CJOB. And, of course, we have been spending some time this morning talking about local businesses in various places that are doing sales locally. And we actually reached out to a number of businesses. We even had one uh, small business um, just sort of that that it lives on Instagram, essentially, we invited them on and they said, you know what? We've had so much exposure already because they they, they created a Brent Rusin tree ornament. Oh my. And they got a ton of attention from that. I actually ended up buying a gift from them for uh, Loren. So, uh, but I, they said, we can't get any more exposure. We won't be able to fulfill our orders. They're actually taking no further orders beyond today. Isn't that something else? Yeah. I've heard that from a few other retailers as well that I reached out to. They're just so busy today. These guys are busy today, but they uh, are graciously agreed to come on and, and share their success story. You know them. They're a local retail institution, Advance Electronics. They've revamped their website, and they're eagerly looking forward to being your independent electronics uh, retailer over the holidays and today, Black Friday. Some incredible deals. I'm uh, really um, trying to keep my pocket in my wallet, Adam. <laughs> so you've done a good job at outlining uh, what you've got going on. Adam Loschek is the store manager at Advance. He joins us now. How are things going? Are you guys open already, Adam? What's going on there? Uh, we are already open. As you know, we're in the age of online shopping. So uh, 24-7, the orders were coming in all night long. 
And uh, we actually open at 10 a.m. Uh, for phone lines and curbside pickup. Adam, is it, how much of a challenge is it potentially going to be having to sell all this stuff online? Be- for, for, because, for example, for a customer like me, when I want to buy a TV, it's something I'll research and research and research. And then I like to go in and see it because, you know, spec sheets are one thing, but being able to see it is another. Uh, so that could potentially be a barrier, I think, for a lot of customers. Well, that's an excellent point. We understand completely the advantage that we have over uh, businesses like big box stores is that we can adjust on the fly. And we've been working on this since March with our new website, but also we answer the phones. So we will do our best to answer all those phone calls. Any questions you have on what is this technology uh, what should I buy this or that? We'll be here to be able to help you out with that. Adam, I, I grew up in the West End, so uh, I've been coming into your store for years and years. And one of the things I always loved about coming to Advance was the way I was treated as a customer. And the knowledgeable staff that you've always had at Advance, I think, has been your advantage. How does that translate in this day and age? You gave us a little bit of a sneak peek in terms of being able to answer the phone. Are there other ways that you're trying to chan- channel that expertise and share it with the, with the uh, public that wants to purchase from you and, and support uh, local and independent business? Well, absolutely. Well, first, it starts with the website. So if you go on the website, you'll see all the specifications for everything that you could possibly uh, need to research for. The search works, but... Right with every product, we have a contact us button, and that allows you to kind of jumpstart the conversation saying, I need some more information on this product. So that's one way. Of course, we have our social media and we have email. So whether it's phone, email, online with a shortcut, we'll be able to answer your questions. How important has it been to advance to get that website, that website, uh, to, you know, to create that new website to make it easier for your customers to, to go online and get those details? You know what? It's absolutely crucial because uh, in these times, people are uh, not necessarily able to pick up a phone. Um, they're self-isolating or it's just in a noisy environment. It's 11 p.m. It's one in the morning, early morning having a way for customers to reach out for you 24-7 is everything for, I would say, every business nowadays, even if it's just information like, how do I safely come to your store and pick up items after I purchase them? Well, you that just, information needs to be there. Absolutely, it does. And that was actually my next question after I just made the co- I was going to make the comment that this is going to set you up for long term as well. I, I guess there's some pain here, of course, for lots of retailers. But now you're set up for for the future here. How do people safely come and pick up a product they've purchased with you, Adam? Well, first of all, any order that comes in isn't just a computer automated uh, response. Uh, every order is assigned to a staff member that either calls or emails directly back to the customer and gives them all the information. But of course, the easiest thing to do starting at 10 o'clock is you just call the main store number and we give you the instructions there, which is essentially you come into the parking lot, call us, tell us who you are, and we'll meet you in your vehicle. Adam Lawschuk, store manager at Advance Electronics, as Greg pointed out, a local retail institution. Adam, thank you so much, and uh, sounds like you guys are already off and running today. We are. Thank you guys so much, and 
we appreciate uh, to the end how uh, the media has helped out with the shop local message, the government, and of course our customers. People in Winnipeg really do want to support locally, and we greatly appreciate that. Adam Lostchuk, store manager at Advance. Thank you very much. And indeed, when it comes to electronics, for example, Greg, I'll often just research whatever product it is I want, but inevitably, the, it's the Advance is the end game. Like I'm, I might look at it on some American website, but if Advance has it, that's where I go to buy it. Because I always have some dumb, annoying questions at the end, and I know that if I go to Advance, there's someone there who is smart enough to answer them because I've been to other electronic stores where I've asked questions and the young clerk who's just, you know, they're not nothing against them, but they'll no. say, oh, well, here, hang on. And they look at the box for the answer. And yeah, I, and I, I think, could do that. I, I, I already did that. <laughs> yeah. You're not filling me with confidence right now. I used to schlep around on my bike and by foot and go into advance and it didn't matter what I was wearing, how I was dressed. I was always treated with respect at advance since I was a little kid. So uh, I, I endorse the way they go about things. You can't go inside now, but their website is spectacular and their Black Friday flyer will uh, have you... Um, Breaking out the credit card, <laughs> let's put it that way. I almost did last night, but then I got hung up on LED, OLED, QLED. I don't know. Must research. Greg, you've got twin boys in your home, the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. I suspect uh, teenage... No video bo- games in our house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three different uh, play mod. What, what do you call them? Game modules or... That consoles? That's the word, consoles. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not allowed anywhere near them. And uh, yes, so a point of contention in our house is uh, always who gets to play on the Xbox because the other two are a little outdated. Oh, okay. Well, when it comes to video games, there is a local retail institution that has become said institution over the last decade. That is PNP Games. And when we talk to PNP Games, there's only one man. His name is Lee, the gaming guy. He joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Lee, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. I'm here with all the latest news of the video game modules. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, console module. I've learned something this morning. I've re- learned a lot this morning, but boy, oh boy. I'm sure the boys will be giving me a hard time about that one later on tonight. <laughs> There's a lot of nomenclature and whatnot. Uh, yeah, locally owned and operated for over 10 years, PNP Games in Winnipeg. We have three store locations. Of course, you cannot shop at any of those three store locations right now with the lockdown. Uh, however, we are offering, of course, curbside pickup locally here in Winnipeg, and uh, we ship direct across Canada from pnpgamesonline.com, and that includes today with all our Black Friday deals. So, yeah, I see. I'm looking at the Instagram right now. Uh, PNP Games Black Friday sale. It's today through the weekend. So, I guess. Uh, where do you want to start, Lee? What's the big the big ticket item? Oh, my goodness. Uh, if, if you're giving me the floor here, I'll just take it and run. Uh, so with rebates being what they are this year, with, with the closures and whatnot, uh, basically all the publishers kind of started their rebates all over the place. Uh, so what you see advertised right now will be good through Monday. 
That is to say, if uh, stock allows, of course, so uh, don't wait too long if there's a deal you want to pick up on. Uh, there's, there's some great deals on software. There's a lot of Nintendo first-party Nintendo Switch games marked down $30 right now, eight of them to be exact, including Link's Awakening, Splatoon 2, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. They are all $49.99 right now. There is a special Black Friday Nintendo Switch bundle for $399.99. It is up on our website right now, and I don't know how long it's going to last, uh, but that console comes with Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe as well as a three-month subscription. Uh, these are a Black Friday deal only. When they are gone, they are gone. The standard cost for a Nintendo Switch is $399.99, so you're getting those, uh, those extras for free. NHL, uh, you know, for what it's worth, NHL 21, $39.99, marked down from $79.99 today as well and over the weekend. Uh, so check that out if you're jonesing for some hockey. Um, yeah, like I said, we do curbside pickup. If the, uh, if the product is on site at the store, you could be getting a call for pickup that same day. Otherwise, uh, please be patient as we deal with a volume of orders, moving things around from store to store. All of our store stock is listed online as well, so you're shopping the entire breadth of P&P Games inventory, as it were. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, the other thing to talk about would, of course, be the new consoles that just came out a few weeks ago, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X or S. Uh, it's looking pretty dire uh, in terms of restocks for those consoles. <laughs> I know a lot of parents, of course, darting around looking uh, looking for them. I know mm. Walmart announced they're not even expecting any consoles in the near future. It's pretty rough. Uh, we're basically being told, you know, look into the next year uh, for a proper restock of these things when you can walk into a place or go online and just find it and buy it. It could be several months still, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I have to say. Lee, uh, and in fact, before you came on, I got a text message from one of our loyal listeners who said, please ask Lee about the PS5. But not only just the PS5, he says that there are some uh, different associated, uh, where is it here? Lee, the guru about PS5 release, that's all my son wants. I said, you're not going to get one of those right now. He says, yeah, but what about some of the other uh, auxiliary stuff that you can get around the PS5? Oh, for sure. So the accessories are kind of, uh, you know, hit or miss. Uh, the controllers, the charging stations, uh, cameras, those are easy to find. Software, pretty easy to find. We have a lot of it in stock right now on pmpgamesonline.com. Uh, but the consoles themselves will be the tricky bit, uh, as will the headsets, which we're hopefully expecting in a couple weeks. If you're looking for the OEM official accessories, uh, we do, I should mention, uh, we don't have much of a waiting list. We're not taking pre-purchases on these consoles because, like I said, the demand is in the hundreds. The actual delivery is in, in the less than uh, double digits. Uh, so we actually have a raffle going right now. You can sign up either uh, our blog has details, pmpgames.com slash blog, or on Facebook. Uh, we are kind of doing a raffle as a few consoles become available. We're going to randomly contact people on this list and offer them a console for purchase. And that goes for the Xbox as well. That's something we're offering until uh, more restocks can come in. So a little bit more fair. Otherwise, it's basically we're putting them up for sale whenever they come in. And if you're stuck at work, if you have something else going on, you can't get to the computer, well, they sell out before you get there. So this way, everybody's on an even playing ground. So, Lee, with Black Friday having to do everything online, um, is there an expectation or a fear that you won't be able to sell as much stuff today or, or so far is the indication that it'll be kind of business as usual for you guys? For sure. So, like, from what we're kind of seeing, uh, you know, uh, Black Friday is a, a huge single sales day, uh, but having the, the lead-up to Black Friday with the rebates and whatnot, uh, and, of course, the generosity of uh, shoppers around Winnipeg and Canada at large, we're doing okay. Uh, a lot of our business moved online when the last lockdown happened. We made a lot of critical improvements uh, to our web store. Should this happen again, and hey, here we are. 
Uh, we're ready to do that curbside. We're ready to do local pickup as quickly as we can. Uh, shout out to the crew working in the PNP Games warehouse, still getting those orders out, sorting them out, making sure they're getting to stores as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, we've made improvements on that front. We've set ourselves up for success as best we can. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a pivot. It's a pivot to doing things online. There's a lot of customers that are still analog, do not prefer to shop online and offering them something as well. Um, you know, we, we take PayPal online. We take credit cards online. If, if that doesn't do it for you, please contact us at webstar at pmpgames.com. We'll figure something out with an e-transfer or whatnot. We will get games into your hands. So that is the local independent advantage uh, is when you contact PNP, if you're not dealing with me, you're dealing with two other people I work very close with at all times. And uh, we're, we're going to make it right. We're going to try to get things in people's hands for uh, for the holiday season here and uh, trying our best. Lee, the gaming guy from PNP Games, thank you so much. And uh, Godspeed on this Black Friday, sir. Absolutely. So the three pickup locations, 915 McLeod, 2609 Portage, and 160 Meadowood. PNPGamesOnline.com. All the best with the Radiothon, guys. All right. Thank you so much, Lee. I love talking to Lee. He's just got, he's like a shot of adrenaline. Wow. I love talking to Lee. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back on Monday. And Greg, right now we want to talk more about a possible vaccine. Yeah, that's right. And of course, uh, the news of uh, possible vaccines from no less than four manufacturers uh, really spreading around the world. Chief political correspondent for Global News is David Aiken. And David, uh, you had a story last night that uh, the, the, the Prime Minister was on a conference call with the Premiers. I think he said it was his 22nd or 23rd such call since the beginning of the pandemic. Can you retrace uh, some of the things you shared with us in your story last night? Uh, that we played earlier this morning as to what happened in that discussion. Yeah, sure. So you're right. Yeah, 22nd, actually. And that's good. I mean, premiers and prime ministers, we got to cooperate and do this all together. And, of course, provinces deliver the health care, deliver a lot of the services uh, that the feds are trying to backstop. So last night, the big talk was about vaccines. And the federal government is the vaccine purchaser on behalf of everybody. So because, obviously, vaccines are in such demand, vaccine makers are really only dealing with national governments. They're not dealing with the province of Manitoba or the province of Alberta and so on. So what the feds have done is, um, over the last several months, they've signed deals with seven, seven vaccine makers. Right? They had to make bets on who's going to be first, so they basically placed seven different bets. And if all of those bets pay off, Canada's going to end up with 400 million doses of the COVID vaccine. Um, now, all those bets are not going to pay off. And it looks like the first two that are, to continue the analogy, uh, as you probably heard, are vaccines from Pfizer and a vaccine from Moderna. Uh, the odds are good that those will start to get initial approvals in the U.S. and in Canada around mid-December. Now, in, because the vaccine's made, Pfizer's vaccine is made in Michigan, uh, it looks like that uh, Americans will start their vaccination program, assuming mid-December approvals, somewhere towards the end of December. What we learned yesterday and what the PM told premiers was uh, Canada is on track to get our shipments of a Pfizer and Moderna vaccine in the first quarter of next year. And what premiers are a little concerned about is they'd like a little more clarity on that. First quarter, is that the first week in January? Is it the third week in March? Uh, you know, is it the second week in February? And it's important for provinces because the provinces will be the ones who actually run the vaccination program. And as you probably heard, the Pfizer vaccine, certainly, and the Moderna one to a degree, these are new kinds of vaccines mm -hmm. that require very specialized handling, including involving keeping them at a super deep freeze. I'm talking minus 90. So uh, 
you need specialized facilities in order to uh, administer these vaccines. And provinces need to know about staffing. Do they need to build these things? You know, what about folks who need vaccines in remote parts of the province? Lots of questions for the provinces, and they really want some details. But right now, as they say, we're looks like we're getting six million doses. It's a two-dose vaccine. You got to take it twice, and guys. If you take it, the first one likely to knock you on your back. People who've had the the first ones in the test trials. They end up with like a really high fever and they feel like hell for a couple of days. you got to go through it, and then you get the second dose a couple of weeks later. It's not so bad. But anyways, two doses. we got six million, which means three million Canadians are going to be able to get this thing somewhere between January and February. Three million. So then we got to talk about who gets it first. And that is going to be up to, that's going to be up to the Pallister government, the Kenny government, the Mo government, the four. It's the provinces. Who are going to make that decision? But every public health expert I've said, uh, and I think there's broad agreement, it's either going to be frontline healthcare workers and then people over 70, or people over 70 and then frontline healthcare workers. Those are the two groups that essentially are going to be up at the front of the line. So um, the problem there is we got four and a half million Canadians who are over 70, let alone healthcare workers. We're only going to be able to do three million people in the first three months. So some decisions are going to have to be made. That's going to be the provinces who make those decisions. And every province is going to get doses on a per capita basis, right? So you've got, you know, six million doses. That'll treat three million people. Manitoba's got, what, 1.4 million people, something like that. You're probably looking at around 100,000 people in Manitoba who are going to be able to get this thing at the gate. And again, bet on healthcare workers on the front line, bet on people in long-term care facilities, bet on... Uh, and then, and then work your way through the elderly population. What about the approvals process, David? Didn't we only have about 60 seconds here? But will Health Canada act quickly enough on this? They say they will. They've revamped the, the, the approvals process, and they are on a, what they say a parallel track with the United States regulator, the Food and Drug Administration. And what Moderna and Pfizer have been doing is, rather than wait till the end of the trials and then have this huge data dump to the regulators, the regulators in Canada and the U.S., they've been getting a direct pipeline in real time to what Pfizer and Moderna are learning. And so they've been able to evaluate it as they go. And so as a result, as they say, Health Canada thinks, you know, the day that the FDA approves it, you should see approvals right away in Canada. Although, as they say, there might be a couple of weeks lag time before the vaccine actually starts being used in Canada. Global's David Aiken joining us live on 680 CJOB. David, thank you so much. A pleasure as always. No problem, guys. Cheers. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back on Monday since it's Black Friday. One of the things we were talking about today is shopping, in particular impulse buys or foolish buys or or purchases that make you feel racked with guilt, as is the case for me anytime I buy anything of significance. Yesterday I bought a really expensive golf bag and I felt so bad. Stop that. I, I, I you know, deserve it. I know I shouldn't make myself okay. feel guilty, but it's... I just, I can't really afford it. You don't have kids going without diapers because of it. You don't have kids that aren't eating. Stop it. Leave it alone. My golf clubs are my babies. There you go. So we have a $20 gift card to give away for Santa Lucia pizza based on your text messages. And we will get to the winner in a moment, but a couple of runners up like Bryce who says, I don't go small with impulse buys. (laughs) January 2014, my Dodge Caravan decided not to have heat. 24 hours later, I had a $25,000 truck. The heat worked. <laughs> Turned out in the end, I could have fixed the van for 25 bucks. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> Truck's better than a van anyway. Yeah. That's the way I would go. I love this one because it's uh, right in my wheelhouse. 
Where did I go? It was right here. Here it is. Good morning. Believe it or not, my craziest impulse purchase was my first Grey Cup ticket in 2011. That was in Vancouver. Hooked ever since. Met new lifelong friends that became family, and now I go every year. I almost didn't go. Took days to decide. Life-changing since the Bombers were in it versus BC. They lost, but it was great. I had passes to go down on the field. Had they won, if only. And, uh, by the way, Brett... Uh, you'll use that bag so much, it'll be worth it. Enjoy and raise lots of money today. Happy Friday. That's from Terry. Well, thank you very much for that, Terry. And here's one involving an air hockey table. Many years ago when our kids were young, I decided to buy an air hockey table. My neighbor kindly allowed me to hide it in her garage. However, as all young children are prone to do, they had a period where the behavior um, I could not in good conscience give the family a hockey table. So it went on. And on and on. And I completely forgot about the hockey table. <laughs> Two years later, my neighbor asked when I was going to move the hockey table. So we ended up ended up donating it to Big Brothers, and the hockey table never even made it into the house. Oh, boy. I hope the kids uh, learned about that one and it uh, straightened them up. Hey, our friend Gary calls himself Sleepy Beefaroni. Do I have time to read Gary's? Uh, you know what? We'll have to hold that one because oh, we only have time for the winner, okay. and then we got to get out. Go. So the winner, you go ahead. You pick this one. So I've impulse bought vehicles twice. First time, dentist appointment was canceled. But I already took the time off work. Ended up coming home with a new truck. Second time, the husband was working out of town for the week. When he came home, I had a Mustang sitting in the driveway. Well done, winner. Well done. I am curious to know how the husband took it. If, if you're going to come home to something... I think that's a pretty good thing to come home to. I did, but it doesn't say if it's a convertible or not. Like, you get extra marks if it's a convertible. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back on Monday. Thanks to your generosity over the 11-year history of this Radiothon. $1.2 million, over $1.2 million, has been raised, raised for patient care and research at St. Boniface Hospital. And throughout the day, right through to 6 p.m., we are going to hear all kinds of stories of hope and healing, including what we're about to share with you right now, Greg. Yeah, we want to let you know as well that an anonymous foundation donor is matching donations up to $25,000. And we want to thank our hourly sponsor, Karma Development. And uh, let's bring in our two guests now. I'm going to say good morning first to Rick Sturzer. Good morning, Rick. We'll tell Rick's story in just a moment. How are you this morning, sir? I, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Oh, you betcha. And Bernadette Warwick is uh, an ICU nurse at St. Boniface Hospital. And uh, Bernadette, first of yeah, all, hi. how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Well, it's uh, it takes a special occasion for me to set my alarm on the shift that's uh, off. But uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Well, it's an honor to speak with you. And thank you for the work that you've been doing. Because the story we are about to share with listeners, uh, Rick's story, goes back to March of this year. And, you know, when you count on your fingers, because there, there are that many months, you have to count on your fingers to make sure you count yeah. them all. It's hard to believe that we've been dealing with COVID-19 since, since March. But the last few weeks have been incredibly trying, haven't they, Bernadette? They have, um, for sure. It's been challenging. Um, you know, it, it puts a lot of stress on us in the ICU and in the hospital. But I think, uh, you know, as usual, we work as a team and we're just pulling through this, uh, this time till we can get through it all. 
And good morning, Rick. Hi, how are you? Good morning. It's so good to hear your voice. <laughs> yours, yours too. We yeah. sound a little bit different without, you know, you know, air pushing, you know, or oxygen being pushed into your nose, and I don't have my PP on, so we sound a little bit different, I think. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to tell a little story about Bernadette. If you don't mind. <laughs> Not at all. Please do. That's, that's what this is all about. It's about stories. Go ahead, Rick. Well, yeah. when, when I first went into the ICU, it was April 2nd, I believe, and they, were tell, they told me that I would have uh, uh, one nurse would, would deal with one patient. It would be one-on-one. And uh, Bernadette wasn't my nurse for uh, quite a while, maybe a week and a half when I was in there, and I was getting sicker and sicker. But there was a nurse that would come up to my window, and, of course, she had goggles on and, <clears throat> and a face mask and everything and a pretty little blonde there. And she would, <laughs> she would tap on the window and get my attention and give me a thumbs up or, or she, would <clears throat> she would wave to me or, or make a sign and say, how are you doing, you know, keep going. And, and nothing but total encouragement for the longest time. And, and if, she, if she didn't come one day, I knew she was obviously on a day off. And I was... I would look forward to her coming, and then Aww. she would come up to the window, put her hand on her over her heart, and then put it on the, the window, and just the, the the most beautiful thing, you know, that of encouragement. And uh, then one day I'm I'm lying in bed there, and I guess I was I was really sick, and I look up and here's this nurse, and she got a twinkle in her eye, and 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 i say you're that you're that nurse she says yeah i'm bernadette and, <laughs> and then she was my nurse for three or four days and <clears throat> at at my worst and uh she, she she helped me through a very very tough time and, and i really thank you bernadette you're welcome. She wrote me a letter uh, <laughs> that i still have it's right in front of me now and you oh my gosh <laughs> you know uh, you know we we it takes a lot of us, like uh, personally, emotionally, to care for patients continually. And I think, and we really do it great as a team in um, the med surge ICU in St. Boniface. And I'm sure everyone, you know, feels the same way in, in the in critical care. But I, I think at that time it was just so, it was so scary for us and, um, you know, for the rest of the world, it was just something so new and, and everyone being isolated and families were not coming in, which you know, we're a family-centered care in St. Boniface Hospital, so the absence of families were really felt, and I just, we all felt that way, And, and I, but I really wanted to just make sure that the patients knew that they weren't alone, I think, and, or I know that that's how I felt, and so that's why I made an effort every day, and um, Rick, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that you felt that way, and, and you know, it's, it's nice to hear that. Often we don't hear from patients after they leave the ICU, and we always wonder how they are and, and so on. So it's really nice to hear your voice, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, and, like, the nurses there, um, I mean, I, I point out Bernadette because um, she was one of my nurses, but I did have a number of nurses there, and they were all so supportive uh, of me. And it was very early on in, in the um, pandemic, so I co- contracted it, uh, I think, in middle of March, and the numbers were so down. Like I was at one point, I was the only one in the ICU. You know, now you've got like 46 people in intensive care, and 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 the deaths at, at that time. I don't. I think it might have been seven, and it stayed that way all summer. And 
you know, it's it's turned around so much, and uh, the con- contract tracing and and everything. Uh, it, mm-hmm. You know, we're really in a in a bad spot right now, and uh, I I'm considering myself very lucky that I got it when I did. And you know, I mean, I'm obviously I, nobody wants to be sick, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'm I'm glad I got it when I did, and, and uh, I had the care that I had. Yeah. Now, Bernard, Bernadette, when I'm when Rick, sure. <laughs> sorry, let let me just jump in here for a sec because sure. I have a question uh, about Rick and how sick he was. Like when he went mm-hmm. into the emergency department on April second at St. Boniface Hospital, he was running a fever of forty two point five degrees Celsius or one hundred eight point five Fahrenheit. He went on to spend five weeks in hospital, including eighteen days in the intensive care unit. So, for those mm-hmm. who maybe still might think this is not a big deal. How, how is it different from what you're seeing with patients who well, contract COVID versus uh, a typical influenza kind of situation? Well, I I can't speak for the numbers because I, you know, I just, each of us deal with one patient if, if we can. If we're very busy, then we have two patients. But um, I can't speak for the numbers, but this feels definitely different for sure. Um, you know, for a typical flu season, we might be at this stage at a very, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, 14, maybe 20 patients, very, very sick at uh, maybe a couple week period in December or January. But this is full on for the couple weeks now, a full on, out, you know, just uh, the capacity, it, it, we're, we're over, over capacity for sure. So, you know, it's taxing on everybody, but we're, we're pulling through, you know, it's as, as time goes on, we get a little bit better at at the flow and um, caring for patients with, with COVID-19. And, and so as time goes on, we get a little bit better, which, which helps, um, you know, with the, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely different. Um, and because we're already busy and it's, it's the beginning of November or I guess middle of November now. Yeah. Well, the time is running away on us and, I know. <laughs> and you know, December 1st is, is on Tuesday and uh, Rick, you did yeah. such a great job of jumping in there to just have this <laughs> genuine conversation with Bernadette. And yes, for those that, that maybe, you know, they picked up on it eventually you had COVID-19 and Brett outlined uh, some of the, some of the incredibly, um, what else do you, word do you use, but disastrous, really, statistics and, and symptoms that she had. Uh, was there any point in this uh, in this time in the ICU where y- you thought maybe you wouldn't make it, Rick? Well, yeah, that's another story that uh, I guess I, the, Easter Sunday was my worst day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the day before, the hospital had... Um, <clears throat> Had uh, well, the fire department had contacted the hospital, and the hospital had allowed um, the, um, crews from uh, the fire department to come into the into the uh, parking lot, and they raised an aerial ladder, and they sent a crew up onto the roof, and and the nurses had stuck a pink uh, <laughs> sheet on my window so they could identify which window I was at. You're a former uh, firefighter. We want to point that out. This doesn't happen for everybody. But real quick here, Rick, because we are running out of time. It's such a good story. So go. Oh, so anyway, yeah, they allowed the fire department to come up. They raised an aerial ladder, and they came up onto the roof, and they they put a Winnipeg Fire Department flag on my window. And 
from that, like, it was it was so uh, encouraging, and I was very sick. I, I could hardly wave to them or whatever, and and they gave me the thumbs up. And uh, from that point on, I think I started to get better. And, uh, you know, for the hospital to turn around and do something like that and allow the department to do that, uh, I thought it was uh, very genuine and, and you know, uh, very unique, to say the least. Well, if you would yeah, like... Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a portion of just who we are at uh, St. Boniface Hospital and, you know, all the nurses and the doctors, healthcare providers that work there. We, we really care about the patient and we just want um, the best outcome. So we, we really try hard. hard and um, also, to, in addition to the, the Hospital Foundation, to helps with all of that, right? So um, thankful for all the people that contribute as well, for sure. Rick Sturzer is a retired Winnipeg firefighter. He contracted COVID-19 and went to the hospital in April and was there for five weeks. Thank you so much for joining us to tell us about your experience, Rick. Oh, thank you. And I just want to say, Bernadette, it's so yeah. good to hear your voice. <laughs> You're too, yours too. It felt like I was in the, in the room with you chatting away about, you know, about life and, you know, helping you get your mind off COVID-19. So this is very, very special. Thank you. And Bernadette Warrock is an ICU nurse at St. Boniface Hospital. Thank you very much for your time and for everything you do. Thank you very much. It's an honor. You can donate right now at 204-237-7647. Again, 204-237-7647 or donate online anytime at stbhf.ca slash donate. Vicar goes virtual. The 2020 St. Boniface Hospital Foundation Radiothon of Hope and Healing presented by the Vicar Automotive Group on 680 CJOB. And once again, anonymous foundation donor is matching donations up to $25,000 Thanks to our hourly sponsor, Karma Development. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K. WPG. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.